You are now listening to the More or Less Podcast. We are about to insert some knowledge into your brainus. 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 Betty had a vacation from her job as a social worker for the state of New Hampshire. Barney worked for the post office. He dressed like a clown to make children laugh. Uh, it looked really, really human. The face was, was, was human. Space, time, years, bullshit. So you know what I'm really going to hate? We should have opened with a can. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm kind of dreading put this stupid freaking playset thing. Or like trying to build this thing for my sister. Oh, is that what you're going over there for today? Yeah. People are going to kind of trip out because where we're recording. Where we are recording multiple episodes over one weekend. Mm -hmm. It's going to be kind of weird because next weekend it's going to be totally different but two episodes are going to be on the same week wait what we recorded three episodes today mm-hmm. and we're going to, we're going to release this two coming. this coming week right. which will make sense the next week we'll release one more and then we're recording three more which we'll release over the next couple weeks mm-hmm. so right. well it'll throw some people off maybe I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's being released. If it throws anybody off, it's us. <laughs> Watch us release this this one, like, <laughs> this coming Tuesday. So Probably. everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Um, so, before... Uh, right now, they're probably wondering right now, what are we going to be doing? Welcome back to the More or Less Podcast. I'm Craig. Pastor Dan. Al. Alexander. So, anyway, so... All hail Mahindra. <clears throat> Woman. Woman. Woman? Woman? Woman. I love women. Okay. So I went and saw this movie last night called Midsummer. Mid what? Midsummer. Summer? Mm-hmm. Like S U M M? No, it's 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 all one word. M I D S O M M A R. Midsummer. Summer. So Midsummer. Summer. I don't I'm not sure if either of you guys really care to see it. It's a weird like thriller like it's just fucking weird. I wouldn't even know how to describe it. You lost me at one <clears throat> word. So um, it, it follows this girlfriend, boyfriend, and then his three friends. Mm-hmm. They, the girl lost her family in a tragedy and is, you know, the boyfriend invites her to go on this trip with him and his friends to, uh, Sweden with okay. one of his Swedish friends. So they all get up there and <clears throat> like the, it's a nine day ceremony. Um, and it's, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Horgus or Hordus or something fucking weird. And so She's a whore. <laughs> the first day of the ceremony, they go and they just trip on mushrooms for like hours and hours. Just in I this got field. A funny story about that. <clears throat> They're just tripping on mushrooms in this field. Tripping and um, remind me about my story. Okay. Okay. And then the second day they show up at this like commune. It's like a Swedish commune and they have like it's a very self-sufficient little place. Everybody sleeps in the same room. It's this giant barn with all these, like... Is it a fucking, like, cult? Kind of. And, um... These people just... It's it's a group of... It's... Nuns. No. Oh. It, it's the, <laughs> the people that are there. It's this guy and his brother. The two Swedes. And then they bring in... Fucking Swedes. Uh, the guy... The guys... The guy who brought in the girlfriend, boyfriend, and the other friends... His brother brings in two 
um, people from London. And they go to this ritual and they're like, okay, um, your life is like the seasons. Age 0 to 14, you're um, spring. You're new. Age 14 to 22, summer. You're, you're learning to do things, doing so on and so forth. From 22 to you know, 44, you're fall, you're established, you're an adult, so on and so forth. And so that's why it's called Midsummer. Yeah, and then okay. from the ages of like 50 to 72 or something is winter. And they're like, well, what happens after 72? And he's like, like you die. Well, next thing you know, there's this, there's these old people that are like leading this ritual. They, they have a big dinner and then they go to this cliff. And they're at the top of the cliff. And they jump off the fucking cliff and kill themselves. And everybody's like, what the year fuck? Olds? This is crazy. What's going on? They all try and leave. And it just follows this cult that kills these people for nine sacrifices to their gods. And it was, like, the movie was actually pretty disturbing because one guy was, like, drugged, forced to sleep with this girl to get her pregnant, and, like, has this circle of naked women over top of him, like, moaning and grabbing their tits and stuff while he's banging this girl just in front of all of them. And he's fucking tripping balls, so he doesn't know what's going on. And um, and then he, like, he gets killed by being burned alive in a okay. bear. Like, they cut you know open what? a bear, skin it and everything, and then put him in the bear, in the skin. And then set him in the middle of this thing. They paralyze him, and then he gets burned alive. So, is that why people trip? So they can imagine naked women, like, rubbing all over them? I mean, I can, I can understand why. That doesn't sound bad. I mean, I can understand why some, but, some people But no, these, were actual, these women were actually doing this while he was just tripping. Uh, they were or weren't? They, they were. were. But the, the only oh. reason I bring that up is because I'd like to look into something following Norse mythology. Okay. We haven't done anything on that. And I just, it was pretty interesting. It reminded me also of the movie The Ritual, which also took place in... Sweden. Well, it wasn't Sweden. It was Norway. It's Sweden. It yeah, was, they're weird, dude. They're crazy. They have weird gods and... It's all because they ate <clears throat> fucking mushrooms, man. Probably. That's what berserks were. So your, your mushroom story? Yeah, so my mushroom story, uh, when I was in high school... Me and Seth, we was riding around. We was riding around one day, and uh, so he, I don't know how we got onto the uh, topic, but somehow we got to talk about drugs. And he's like, "Well, let me take you down this road, and you you're gonna see see this guy that's always tripping on shrooms. Oh, he's shit. like, he's got a permanent trip, and I'm like, permanent trip? Like, what the fuck are you talking about, right? So he tells me kind of like what what happened so we we go by this dude's house and you know from where we're from small town small county a lot of one lane roads Mm -hmm. you fuck a pig so you're (laughs) so you're going down this one lane road i'm just curious out in the middle of fucking nowhere and there's this house that sits on the right and from the distance you can see this guy's outside you know as but when, when you get up to him he's in his front yard in his fucking kayak it's like paddling no, away. Oh my god! And and I just start fucking laughing. And I'm like, that's got to be the guy. And Seth's like, yeah, it is. Like, you never know what he's gonna do. So Seth always like slows like slows down, and um, 
he will actually like try to 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 talk to the guy to fuck with him. So <laughs> oh god. So it's fucked up. He guy. slows down, rolls down the window. He's like, dude, what, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's like, are you out? On the river, he's like, hell no, man. I'm out here just riding the waves. Woo! And it's just fucking going on. And, and, and you know, Seth's like, well, how long you been out here on, on like, the uh, beach? And he's like, oh, I've been here for, like, a week. And you're just fucking paddling, man, sweating. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? I was like, dude, we, we got to leave. That's so By funny. far the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's funny. I, mean, I thought it was funny. It is funny. And so, so then I'm like, well, how, how did he get a permanent trip on shrooms and he's like there are bad shrooms out there and if you eat one you trip forever not like a constant trip but like you'll occasionally you'll be yeah it like it'll hit you in waves that you know like you know maybe for five minutes you'll start to trip and then you'll be fine for a while and then it'll come back and you start to trip again it's like what the fuck Dude, man? one of my buddies from high school's uncle was like that was running around thinking a werewolf was around oh when he tried to burn his mom alive he, and shit yeah bro it's fucked up yeah he crazy. was nutty what was his name uh i don't know i can't remember his name anyway but so i, I watched remember. this morning before <clears throat> that i came here uh i watched um kind of like it wasn't 30 for 30 but it was kind of like that Lewis? about barry sanders oh, oh okay Dude, like, I didn't realize, I mean, okay, we know, we all know, if you like football any bit at all, you know who this guy is. Who? Okay? Barry Sanders. So. Oh, yeah, never heard of him. Okay, so, I didn't realize, like, his stats was as good as what they were. So. He was, they said that he was, like, untouchable. Yeah, well, so, in high school, he never started a game until his senior year after, like, four or five, five games into it. And in seven games, he racked up over 1,500 yards of rushing in seven games. Seven and, games. Yeah, so, and then you, he only had offers from, like, Tulsa and uh, Oklahoma State and somebody else. Well, anyway, so he goes only. to <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma State. Only. And, of course, he was behind, um, oh, fuck, I forget what his name is, something Thomas, I think. But, anyway, so he uh, he got to play for a few years, set every rushing record in, in college goes to the pro and it was talk about you know like how what kind of guy he was and like mm-hmm. why he retired mm-hmm. and what are you doing dude just playing with his thing oh man. and uh just playing with his thing. he he didn't get the rookie um or the most rushing yards in for a rookie <laughs> because he actually chose not to so it's oh, him wait, and this wait, 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 sorry. Wait, what Okay, so Barry Sanders. So wait, he he opted not to be nominated, or he's well, no. Okay, so like he he was ten yards behind this other rookie running back. Oh, he just for, said not nah, for it. the most rushing yards in a rookie season. Okay, so I forget who they they were playing, but it was like one of the last plays of the game. They're like, "Come on in, Barry. We'll, we'll give you the ball one more time, and you can set the record." He's like, "No, nah, man, I'm good." He's like, "Let the." other guy win it and he's like what the fuck like you know you would think most nfl players would want all the awards to themselves and they was just kind of saying how humble that barry was so of course you know he's he sets the most all kinds of yardage but anyway so he was like 1400 some odd yards behind walter payton and mm, he I had mean. and barry sanders retired Sweetness. the season before to be able to break that that record which 
was his tenth year, I think, and he's got the most rushing oh, yards people. by any running back in NFL history in a ten year span. Well, Walter Payton played for like thirteen, fourteen years and Barry was getting ready to break his after oh, wow. ten. So yeah. you can kinda of understand, you know, how much he was racking up. So he just signs a six year extension with the Lions. Was and after I forgot ten years? Six more years, yeah. And well he was only like thirty or thirty one. I mean That's he, fair. he he never got yeah. hit, so but uh anyway, so he signs this six year extension with the Lions. And so, you know, everybody's kinda of pumped up about this year they think it's gonna be their year. Well, training camp comes up and Barry Sanders is not around. So he goes like months and weeks, you know, like where the fuck is he? Well, he actually flew out of the country somewhere and then wrote a letter uh, to his hometown newspaper about him retiring from the the NFL. His hometown knew before the Detroit Lions knew. And so what it was is, long story short, he didn't want the fame and the glory of having the most rushing yards. So he's like, let Walter keep it. And so he just pretty much said, fuck it, I'm done. What? <clears throat> and you know, Barry was only like 5'8". Yeah, he wasn't very big. I was going to say fucking idiot, but... Nah. I mean, I can, I guess I can kind of respect a l- little bit of... Little? That. Short? Oh. 5'8". Oh. Oh. Who else was 5'8", uh, St. Al? Alex. Napoleon Dynamite. Bonaparte. Bonaparte. <laughs> His fucking nose. That's so funny you do that. That reminds me of, uh, before we jump into Napoleonic history. Oh, Napoleonic. Um, we, in my, uh, I was in a, I was in a, a play. I was in a theater production and uh, this guy, this one particular scene, he has to kick it off with like a shriek because somebody died. And so every night he did something different, like, ah, ah, and then, every and then, production. And then one night he goes, ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like that's what he's doing. And legit, I'm I'm facing the crowd. I'm at the very front on this couch, sitting beside my um, my counterpart, and I'm sitting there supposed to like be like sad and all that stuff. And he fucking does that. And I'm like, like, like I, <laughs> I legit started laughing. Because he made the sound. On stage? Oh, yeah. I was like... (laughs) And I like immediately... I immediately looked down. Oh, gosh. And she's just like... She's talking to me, like rubbing my back because it's part of the scene. Like, you know, trying to to make me feel better about... Console you? About... I believed that at that particular part that my mom had died. Mm. Like, funeral and everything. And, And so I'm supposed to be really upset. And she's like... You know, you, so you so know what you should have done when he did that. You should have been like, ah, just my own scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you it should've. was just every night was a different thing. Like one night, um, just lasting before we get into it. I did you get paid for that? Uh uh-uh. uh Dang. But most um, theater companies do pay people. We just, I guess, I just happened to be in the wrong one. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm re- I'm really grateful for it. It was it was an awesome experience. I can't wait to do another one. But we uh, thank you. It was a great question. But we thank you for asking. <laughs> we had to do this. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We had there's a scene where I'm like talking about this new girlfriend that I have, and uh, I, at first I'm talking with my mom, and then my dad comes in, 
And so the the way that it's supposed to go is my character's name was Chris. And my mom goes, oh, Chris was just telling me about this new girl that he met. And the dad goes, well, what about, you know, Casey or whatever fuck her name was. He's like, I really liked that girl. But this one night, we're like having our thing. And she looks at him and she goes, well, Chris was just telling me about this new boyfriend he's got. And then she goes like this. She, she goes, she covers her covers her mouth and turns to the crowd. And she did, she did that. And I was like, I like got really, like it caught me off guard. So I was like, like what the fuck? And he goes, well, what about so-and-so? And it just had this like awesome segue into, you know, this really weird. And she like looked at the crowd and like made this face and had a laugh. And I just kind of like looked up because she's in this particular place she breaks down the fourth wall so she communicates with the crowd and like gets crowd interaction nobody else does so she like looks at them and starts like making these faces and i'm just kind of like looking off like what the fuck and that's really what i was thinking i was like oh shit there's no way to recover from this but it played out just fine it was a really hilarious scene and so we apologize for the acting Tangent so was, of uh, St. Al from Napoleon Bonaparte. Bonaparte. But before, hold on. Oh. Al, remind everybody where they can follow us. You can follow us on Facebook at the More or Less page dedicated to this More or Less podcast. As well as if you're on the fifth hole, the ninth hole, if you're down on the stadium, if you're in the basketball court. Maybe the shooting range. Maybe the range. Fucking K-Mac. If you're in a room. The motherfucking range. <laughs> <laughs> If you're on the road, you can get on Instagram at more.or.list.podcast. Craig, where can everybody uh, listen to us with their ears? Because we have mouths. Hey, there we go. That worked out better. Uh, Spotify, more or less podcasts, and on CastBox, more or less podcasts. They are both available on Apple iTunes and Google Play. Go download them. Spotify, if you want the uh, premium, it's a little paid. CastBox is free. You could comment on that. Just get in our DMs. <laughs> um, I mean, if you like the way we sound, but want us to sound a little bit better, little you know, crisper. like we always say, less is never more, and more is never enough. Bugger. Here at the More or Less Podcast, <laughs> you can give us a little bit of your money, just a bit, just just a pinch, like 0.5 percent of your paycheck. Give us a taste of the glory. <laughs> a taste of the glory. We can taste we that glory. Like. We can taste that glory if you We're, go to pay- Patreon.com. And search for More or Less Podcast in the search bar. My gal. We also need to give a shout out to our sponsor. Mahindra. (laughs) Mahindra's not our sponsor. That is our Lord and Savior. Fucking Husqvarna. Anyways. Husqvarna's playing with our minds. A little bit north. It's gotten into my soul. One thing I realized. So, the World of Beer is our sponsor. One thing I realized when I laugh, I have like an old man laugh. It's like... <laughs> Dude, you're gonna be that old man that sits there with a pipe next to a chimney. That's what it's gonna be. Shit. And he's always got a red robe on all <laughs> the time. The no matter robe. if it's Monday at three or Sunday yeah, just, at ten. And the old man whitey tidies yes. have gone away at this with, age with your long ass <laughs> long white, socks. white socks. I've gone away from I've gone <laughs> yes. away from the boxers, from the briefs, right. just strictly whitey tidies, <laughs> long socks, and I sit like this. He'll grow a thick open. mustache. It'll take Alex till he's about 30. I and then as soon as he hits 30, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't have faith in mustache. It's a porno stash. <laughs> I will as never grow a stash. If my stash, if by 40, I have a good stash, that's all I'll have is a stash. I'll shave everything else. The guy from 
the UFC fight, that was a stash. perfect stash. Had a good stash. Okay, so back to Bonaparte. Someone Bonaparte. who didn't have a mustache was Napoleon Bonaparte. Right. He was born August 15th, 1769. Post. <laughs> or week, post, week, nudge, nudge. Before we became. He was in Corsica. Is that post French Revolution, though? No. No. This is actually. This is I, when, when he when he's the ruler, it's actually part of. Yeah. Like, he's ruler or commander. Oh, darn it. He died May 5th, 1821. Uh. As I said, he was the, uh, what do you call it? What, what, is it commander, emperor, I mean, what, what the he, fuck you call he it? Named we'll get emperor. there. There's a lot. He fucking, dude, he, he ruled from 1804 till 1814. So 10 Excuse years, me. that's it? Yeah. Pussy. He, hmm. um, he, he did come back in 1815. <clears throat> yeah. He did. Okay. So, we, and we'll get into that later. He, he, this guy lived. A fucking crazy life. So I'll break it down a little bit for you. So he was born into a family that was, they were noble, but they were basically like lower middle class. Okay, so bottom of the barrel of the nobles. Yes, so he bottom had, of the barrel. He had so rights to yeah, he noble was, things. And, and this was the thing. He actually grew up speaking Italian and not French. Oh, shit. So when he went to school, they made fun of him for that. They said he was basically, a, excuse me, a hillbilly and shit like that. So his parents, me and him, may have something in common. That's right. Okay. He was uh he was born well, number two. He was the second of eight that survived. Eight that survived. Yeah, you don't. I I don't survive. What now? Their eight? children. Oh, his parents. Okay. okay. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. So I don't know how many kids. Damn. They had, but only eight survived. He was number two. So even though he was a noble, they grew up very poor. Um, but he was able to attend military camps or military schools, let me say, based off of scholarships. So he was sent off when he was six years old and started attending all these different schools. Um, <coughs> Forgive me, my allergies Excuse me. Um, and like I said, and at this time when Pussy. he was in the schools is when he was being made fun of for speaking Italian and everything like that. Mm-hmm. When he was 15, he was... Uh, Admitted into the. I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Ecole Militaire. It's basically a military school. In Why didn't you just say a military school called Ecole Militaire? That's basically <laughs> it. There you go. Ecole Militaire. Um, it's a military school that was for the wealthy and non wealthy. Um, basically, at the time, King Louis took. 200 people he wanted 500 people in the school he would take 200 people per year like 150 or 100 upper class lower class put him in this and it was oh, a military like mingle them together yeah and it was for um for them to go and basically learn how to fight and everything like that it only lasted 31 years so from 1756 until uh 1787 that's how long it was open so bonaparte uh the fucking nap bonaparte he was only there for the ending of it didn't last very long but it was a very elite school it actually helped him get into a uh very elite or he was admitted into that at 15 normally takes two years to get through he graduated after one year because when his dad died he died of stomach cancer he was the only income so he graduated and instantly went into war at 16 years old shit damn yeah bad motherfucker did you know speaking of his like Worship. How did they fight back then? 
Sorry. They would line up. You you do the bayonet. You line up across yeah. from the field and, and just, just say, take charge. Yeah. <laughs> and then you sit and you sit and you and then and then you'd stand. You know, it was very gentlemanlike. Is this if you would say that? Is this war when, is gentlemanlike? This past American Revolution. Like, yeah, seventeen seventy six was when we okay came independent. July. When was America. he? He was born. He was born Forgot. before. No, this actually may be... He, he was born before. He was born in 1769. Yeah, but he, he was... He was just a kid, so it didn't... But they, but they, they did fought. send him to military camp before. Well, they... Well... Okay. I'm just saying. Just back to the original question, how they fought. It was, you know, staying 100 feet apart, pull up your musket, and fire. Aim. Fire. Now, something that people loved about him, and, and I'm not sure if you guys have any of this, but he was... The type of emperor that would go into battle with them. Oh yeah. You, so so let's say you and I met, right? All right. I'm, I'm Bonaparte. You're somebody else. We go to another battle together. I'll look at you and say, "Oh, I remember you from such and such. You did awesome there. I'm really proud of you." He was that type of em- emperor. So people said, "He's my emperor." We'll he's check not this just out. He hundreds. He's not hundreds of yards away on top of some hill right. watching. He was in the trenches with him. Yeah. And that's why people loved him, because he would remember you, he knew your name, and he would make you feel like you were important to him. Yeah. And that was something that people really loved about him. So, at 1792, 23 years old, he was promoted to captain. 33? Huh? You said 33 or 23? 23. He should be 23 years old. In, in 1796, he was actually named to be the commander of the French army in Italy. So at 20, what is that, 24 years old, 20... Younger than me. 24 yeah. years Ruling old. an army. This guy is in charge of an army in fucking Italy. Um, and that was a big thing, was he became famous for his battles. He was known to go in, and he fucking would kick ass. Uh, like, do you... I have some stuff a little bit, but we'll get into it a little bit more later I on. I had his last days of life, so... Whatever you guys are bringing to the table, I well, promise, I'm, I'm I bringing have. up more history. Um, so it was his battles where he won, but also he married this woman named um, Josephine. Yes, and basically she was famous because her husband Alexander, I think Alexandre, he was guillotined. Like they were in the revolution, and her husband was drug up, fucking put up in there, and whoosh, off with his head. Yeah, guillotined in the sense of fucking chopped head off, not you guillotined in the sense of fucking choked out. I think somebody got guillotined. Wait, the what do you mean guillotined? In, in France, I think Head the last off or, or beheading out. Okay. was in the 70s. I think they did it all the way up until the 70s. Damn. Hey, let's figure out a, a differentiation. Guillotined A is... Beheading. Okay, and guillotine B is choke out. I get, Or you just say beheaded with okay, via guillotine. Whatever. Anyway, so in um, November of 1799, <clears throat> he actually became the first consul and... Uh, Basically, he was head of French at the time. Um, And he basically wanted to try to dominate Europe. Came in, he created a centralized government. He reinstated Catholicism as the um, main religion there. Uh, Created education reforms, and he actually made the bank of frank so the frank's money and everything like that that they used was created by him it's still used to this day so there was a lot of stuff that napoleon did that was great that everybody started to follow and they still follow it like no um the neapolitan wars when all that stuff was going on napoleon wars the what neapolitan what neapolitan wars 
whatever. It's like Neapolitan ice cream. It's great in all flavors. <laughs> but um, what the Neapolitan. Fuck? Maybe was that what it was named for? No. No, but the Napoleonic Wars. Okay, okay. excuse me, Napoleonic. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of stuff that came out of that even. I'm pretty sure that there was people who figured out how they could use salt or uh, sugar and water and mix it together in saline solution, and it'll help clean wounds. Basically hmm. make like an anticoagulant, things okay. like that. Um, an anticoagulant? Or, or a coagulant to a help coagulant. stop the bleeding. Yeah, hmm. Excuse me. So in 1800, he went in and beat Austria. And then he was able to negotiate peace within Europe. The problem was was that he granted all the power over Europe to France or to, to France to the French people, and so he was in charge of everything. It was basically a, a military dictatorship that he created. Yeah, did you know when he dubbed himself emperor that he actually had the Pope come in and coronate yeah. him? He was a huge Catholic. Like you, I'll I'll very get into religious. it. In, yeah, very like Roman Catholicism. It was his huge thing, and I'll get into it in a little bit. But it was all based off of the Roman Empire. Like he said that the death of the Roman Empire was the reason why he put his family where he wanted them. He Do you put have anything about uh, following up what Craig just mentioned? No, not a whole lot. I mean, I'm just kind of I'm, I've studied the same stuff as him, really. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, he did skip a little bit ahead of what some of the stuff I had. Go ahead. Uh, let me back up here. I got to go up. at age twenty. Okay, so we we said like how young of an age he was. Yeah, at twenty four, he was a general. Yeah, right. He was commanding. Well, he was the commander of the French army in <clears throat> Italy. Huh. At twenty four, he was the commander of the French army in Italy. So he was high, high ranking. Oh yeah. So when when you said that he took over. Not took over, beat Austria. He was only twenty six years old when he actually organized, led, conquered. Yeah. At twenty six years old, I mean, to me, it's just. I mean, we're twenty six. You're twenty eight. He was a power hungry. Could, could you man. imagine organized leading that right now, and beating a well, country? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, dude, George Washington and them, they declared for independence when they were in their twenties. Like a lot Thomas of people Jefferson had this perception that George Washington was some really old man. 30, 40s, no. He had that fucking the wig on. wig, dude. Like, kind of fucked up, though, that you have fucking wooden teeth in your 20s. But uh, Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. he, he fucking wrote the Declaration of Independence, was like 28 years old. Mm-hmm. That's a big Sam, fuck When Sam guys. Adams signed it, he was 22, I think. 22? These guys were young as fuck. <laughs> Sounds like we are kind of... Uh... A little bit behind on life. Yeah, but they also lived to the ripe old age of, like, 50. So, I'm just saying. True. So, what you're saying is, so, when we're 50-ish, we ought to be where he was at. (laughs) No. At 26. Well, when we're about 45, that's when we need to be doing our declarations. I declare myself independent. Didn't he, like, he also, like, named his brother, um... Yeah. Oh yeah. Napoleon named gonna... his brother Joseph to be king of Spain or whatever. Fuck did... Yeah, that was a, 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 here in a bit because he, he ruled half of Europe, didn't he? Well, well, he he was wanting to control all of Europe. Yeah. And during the Napoleonic Wars, that he he pretty much dominated every war, every battle that they went went into. I did mean, you see he was the just territory such a... he took over 
I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, he was just a fantastic well, tactician when it came to okay. warfare. Yeah, yeah. So he he did all this. To me, um, to me, he was very uh, ahead of his time for like military. Yeah, he was very Sun Tzu like the or the military Art guy who was yeah. You know, um, he was always talking about never attack an enemy uphill because you're screwed if that happens. Um, but yeah, he was crazy. He beat Austria and created everything, but his territory that he started taking over was massive, way extending out. He was down into Italy. He was all the way over into Russia. Um, he was even going at it with Britain. Did you know he wanted to? He wanted to wipe out the the notion of a monarchy. Yeah. He wanted to have li- literally his family run yeah. everything. He wanted to be named emperor and rule until he died. Yeah. And uh, he named and, himself yeah, a consul for life in 1802 and then in 1804 he named himself emperor of France. And basically he said the French territory was the, what was happening. What was f- funny was how short the peace lasted. He created this treaty, they signed it French or France was in power of everything in 1800, 1803 they went back to war. This time instead of just being Austria and Britain, it fucking brought in uh, Russia. Yeah, and- when he went to war, when he went to war with Russia, he he stormed into Russia in the winter with 300,000 troops. One in ten survived till yeah. spring. Yeah, one in ten men survived till spring. In 1805, he actually had a naval <clears throat> battle with. Um, That's fucking crazy. Britain. Who? Britain, Great Britain. In um, Waterloo, right? Trafalgar. No, this isn't the Battle of Waterloo. This was a battle that he tried to go up and, uh, like, he tried to go and invade. And for one, you're gonna, you're gonna go and battle the British <coughs> Navy at this time. The British Navy had the best navy around, I believe. Uh, what? The Spanish Armada back in the 1700s. Was okay, well, like the Spanish the, Armada wasn't around at this time. No, 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 but I'm just saying the greatest, they say that the greatest was it the Navy Spanish of Armada? all time was the Spanish Armada. <laughs> well, he gets in the battle with him at Trafalgar. That's probably wrong. Fuck it, don't care. And We have the right to be, or we reserve the yeah, right to be wrong. They kicked his ass. We do have the Dude, right to be wrong. They, they embarrassed him so bad that he gave up on it. He was like, well, fuck it. Turn. He turned all forces over. To going back after, um, uh, not fucking Russia, the other place, Austria. I don't know why he had such a fucking thing against Austria. I think he just Hold wanted on. to conquer. Well, was Austria? I, I don't. Well, I think were he, they Islamic? I'm not Turkish. sure. Because Turkish. Because yeah, Turkish was. Well, I mean, I think hungry? too that him him being young and as we're you gypsies. said said before, he was power hungry. He probably knew that Austria really wasn't that powerful. But and did he just come in and just and like, so like so down. like starts start off with one of the weaker ones, and just go in and dominate and and kind of build your. Um, so you think your, he had your a religious stature. drive though? Huh? No. Do you think he? But I'm saying he wants to revive everything based off of the Ro- Roman Catholic Church in Austria. Uh, okay, so I mean, wasn't I don't he Catholic? Know, was he yeah, Catholic? he was yeah. definitely Roman Catholic, but is in this area do they have like gypsies or Oh fuck uh, yeah, they've got gypsies. If this is in the area around Turkey, is this more controlled by like Islamic people because that's what Turkey was taken over by Istanbul is literally them being an Islamic country. So I'm just curious did he possibly have a drive? 
I'm not sure if it was uh, religiously charged. Well, I, I wonder... Okay, so going back with you said that how... He is he is pretty much known as one of the greatest leaders of all time. Of all time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not because he... Well, one of the reasons, because he was actually out there on the, in quotes, front lines. Um, People say him and Alexander was, the Great. Was Here battling with him. Um, you know, remembered who they was and all. I wonder how he was outside of that. Like, his own private life. Like, was he... His family and shit. Like, yeah, what they, people they actually thought he, of him. He tried I mean, really was, hard. Him and Josephine tried really hard to have a son so he could have an heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Couldn't have Oh, one. hold on. Don't don't get to that yet because I was about to touch base. But that's... but that, This he happened was very, in, He was very family-oriented, and I'll talk a little bit about, okay. you know, the end of days. Yeah. Okay. About when he went back to... Because they had an estate... This fucking massive mansion out in the middle of France somewhere that him and his family had, and that's where Probably he had his family time. Where with King Josephine. Louis had his fucking shit. Um, Versailles, I think, is what it was called. Versailles in Italy? No, Versailles is in Fran- France. Uh, anyway, he basically Versailles was a a place that King Louis had built for him and his family to go and hide at. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. During the revolution, um, so maybe. Fucking nappy here took it over. No, his was his wasn't in the royal oh, kingdom. Okay. It was it was like in some fucking uh, place out in the middle of France. All right, so back to the territory that I was talking about. I actually found my notes covering it. He basically wanted to take over and said that without the Holy Empire, uh, he wanted to put Roman Catholics in place. So this is where he started putting his relatives. So he took over Italy, took over Naples, took over Spain, Sweden, and Holland. These were all places around France that he took over. So after he took over Spain is when he made his brother yes. King of Spain. I was going to say, that would be so stupid. <laughs> yeah. To so name he named his brother, brother King. King of Spain and take yeah, over but the, Spain. the sad thing is, is we're going to get into it in his end days, but the territory that he took over didn't fucking last. It was gone. Yeah. Because King 18, Louis didn't give a fuck. He, no. was just, he was just like, oh, I'm rich, I've got money. And I won't... Now, in 1810 is when uh, when he separated from Josephine. 1810? 1810. Okay. 1810. 1810. Yeah. 1810. Yeah. 1810. He separated from Josephine, and this is when he married... Uh, Do you know why he left Josephine? 1810. No boys? Josephine couldn't give him a child. She couldn't have babies. So he divorced her. 1810. Okay, I was going to say, why are we saying Okay, I was going to say... So, yeah, he, he left her, and then he ended up marrying Marie-Louise. Yeah, he remarried and had a daughter. Yep. So, did he ever have a son? Yeah. He oh, actually good. had a Napoleon II, and on his first birthday, I'm pretty sure, he named him the King of Rome. Hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Um. So, in 1812, this is when he went to go take over and invade Russia. And of the forty th- or four hundred thousand that they took in, only four thousand forty thousand returned home. Damn. They were saying that, <clears throat> dude. Just like I've heard and read stuff about fucking Russia, like Stalingrad, like that battle was insane. And yeah, fucking... but that was when Stalin wasn't playing. But this not... is the thing: is Russia is such a massive At continent. This time in the early eighteen hundreds, this is still the the monarchy. Yeah, it's the czars. You're under uh, Nicholas, probably. Nicholas was in the late 1800s. Oh, yeah, no, no. 
But it was a family of his. It was, you know, a member of It was the family. Romanoffs. Yeah, so they they were in power then, but the Battle of Russia I don't know fucked which Romanoff this was. Fucked them up really bad. Um, well, I mean, look, look how many days. Yeah. Now, I mean, mind you, now, here's just, just so everybody knows. We couldn't cover everything on Napoleonic history. Like, you can go to a four-year school and become a Napoleonic historian. Yes. So don't... Trust me. We are missing a out, lot of stuff. Yeah, if we're if we're not we're barely anything, skimming me. the surface here yeah, here is, with him. This is just kind of like an overview yeah, of, is, of him, who, who he was, and cool a, facts a, and stuff like right, that. And a little bit Dude, of the cool who thing he was, was was I actually don't didn't know a lot of this stuff. Uh, like I I fucking knew Napoleon was just a short guy, and that's all I thought it was. I thought he was a fucking asshole and tried to fucking do everything I knew. He, he loved was an his emperor. country. Yeah. yeah. He was, he, he was a patriot. He yeah, was, he and was. he tried to do everything to fucking change that. Dude, but He it's didn't like, believe in monarchies. He wanted to have he a... He got power a, hungry. A, well, he started off he good. he became a dictator, a totalitarian yeah. style of leadership. Started off good, and then he got fucking power hungry. And, like Alex said, he fucking ruled for, what, 10 years? 1804 to 1814. Yep. He went into exile in Elba. Okay. Is that... Because I've got the Alba exile and then everything after that. Well, I up have to his last Okay. Days. I have in 1815, but go ahead. Okay. So um, in 1814, he was, well, he abdicated. Like, he's like, I surrender. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm the the I'm fucking people wanted him to give up because of all the bullshit that and, was going on. And they deported him. It was hmm. less than a year later that he escaped, and with only 600 men, he confronted I the French it was royalist 700. troops. Uh, the thing that what I lost at six hundred. Okay, so regardless, I, I six or seven hundred men. Okay. Only, only there's less than a thousand people with him, and he showed up in front of French royalist tr- royalist troops. I mean, he was ready to boogie. And, was this in eighteen fifteen? Um, yeah, a year after he was executed. Yeah, when he he walks out to the very front. What that's called the hundred days. I'm not sure. what yeah. it's called. Yeah, it was yeah. called the hundred days. But that's he, but he, he walked fucking, out there unarmed, and he's like. Whoever wants to kill me, come kill me. He walked up to the Capitol and took back over. He was like, what's up? Well, so he, before he walked to the Capitol, he w- he went out at this one battle with 600, 700 men, offered anybody, any person there offered, say, if you're, if anyone has, you know, has it in them to come kill me, come do it. Come kill me. If you think that you really are supposed to do this, if this is what you know you're supposed to do, come do it. And everybody there laid laid down their guns, laid down their swords, everything. They rallied behind him, kneeled, and in only three weeks, he was able to get 300,000 men to go to the palace. Yeah. Louis yeah. and his people, they fled. They took off. They said, we're the out of here. 600 to how many? 300,000? 300,000. God. In a matter of three he had to have be a gr- He had to have been a great public speaker. Oh, like, sure. had to just go very out there and persuasive. Yeah. Me, you, you had to be very persuasive. Yep. So, it was after this that, that the Battle of Waterloo took place. Oh, Waterloo. And that's where he got fucked up. He was defeated. Well, he okay, was so hold on. But when he took back over, everybody declared war. Everybody declared war. Yeah. Britain, Russia, Prussia, and Austria was basically, you know what, like, fuck him. We're going to take him out. Hey, uh, Ivan, you good? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. You hey, got balls. I like balls. Well, who who was ruling uh Britain at that time? King Henry. 
Ah, oh, fuck. I have no idea. Hank, you good? Like Henry VIII, maybe? Wait, because it was it was right after the the American Revolution. It was it was Henry VIII, wasn't it? It would, yeah. Or King it William. Be, ah, shit. It would have to be Henry VIII, because because that's who we seceded from was Henry VIII. Yeah. So let's just assume Henry VIII. All right. Maybe Henry the Ninth. All right, Hank. <laughs> so it was Hank. Jurgen. Jurgen. That's it. Jurgen the first was the the king of Britain, just because <laughs> we don't know. Jurgen the Jurgen first ruled during king the eighteen hundreds. So. That's when Waterloo took place? Yeah. And basically, so he went into Waterloo and this was not good. No, I mean, it, they, they got fucked up. So he was embarrassed, he was beaten. He it, was, is this the first off. battle that he lost? He lost in Russia. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he surrendered to the English. And I guess they like were like, okay, well, you know what, while you're awaiting trial, I guess you can like walk around this fucking place that you live in. And um, he, while he was awaiting trial, he went and visited his estate where Josephine and him lived. And he reflected about how he divorced her. And um, How many times did he marry? Twice? Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. what's interesting is his armies believed that Josephine was a good luck charm. They thought she was like some sort of talisman that, get, that brought Which was his first wife? Yes. It, and then after they split up, he started to lose. Things mm-hmm. started going poorly. But... And they believed... Well, so it's. Uh, I mean, mind. I guess you could say some people. Shit makes me think. Dude, maybe okay, his... I totally forgot to mention this earlier. Marie Louise was actually the daughter of the uh, Emperor of Austria. Huh. So she fled back to Austria when he went to Elba, and that was it. Like they had huh. the separation, and then the Napoleons, like the second and the third, started coming along. Well, so she she couldn't be in too much of. Good luck she because was only she, she couldn't when they got married. She Josephine? couldn't have kids. No, Marie. She couldn't have kids, so but, this means he, he couldn't have. But a son it with could her. have been one of those things where this makes me feel this way. After he left her, what did he? What did he really have to fight for? He couldn't have a child, and then he he tried with Marie Louis, and it wasn't the so, same. So kind of like lost his will to fight. Yep. Right. Mm. So. Or Napoleon. Let's touch real quick about. Okay, so this this is going to bounce back and forth only because of the people. The people that that were in his inner circle. Okay. So you're the only one that has notes on this. Originally, so. when he died, who? Napoleon. Okay, wait. How did? Are you gonna get into his like, what happened and how he died and all that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead then. So, originally, he he was exiled again to uh, Saint Helena, which was an island mm-hmm. off the coast of Africa, and he he named it a rock prison mm-hmm. and it was run by a guy named Hudson Lowe who was like his like most hated adversary he absolutely hated Hudson Lowe and everything that Napoleon did Hudson Lowe would report to the English he had seven ships that who Hudson no 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 Napoleon, Napoleon. had seven ships off the coast of this island because off all these different Helena? rulers and Hudson Lowe Hudson Lowe was a general for the British yeah, they, they were the ones who was watching him the they whole time. They were so terrified of this man that they kept seven ships on the on the coast that if he ever tried to escape, they'd kill him. Wow. Who, so, Napoleon? Yeah. So when he, he, so when he got to Haint, Haint Selena, St. <laughs> Helena, he started getting sick. He started, you know, showing symptoms of, like, he'd, he'd start getting delirious. And he'd you're, start, you're leading up to his death, yes. right? And so his last few days, or his last couple days, 
he um, he he wrote a letter to the doctor who was overseeing him. He had a personal doctor that was there. He had all of his people in his inner circle. And in the letter he wrote, After my death, I want you to open my body, make a precise report on it, don't look over anything during the examination. Now, in hmm. May of 1821 is when he was exiled. And, he, um, and so along with that exile, he had the people with him. And he had his chief valet, uh, Louis Marchand. Louis Marchand. Who was his servant. This guy was a servant from the time he was in high school. He was a teenager. His servant the whole time? Yes. How old his was he? His servant and his valet. Was he his same age? I'm not sure how old Marchand was. But Marchand was his servant. He was his valet. He like took care of Napoleon at any moment ever. <clears throat> then you had Count Charles... De Montalon. De Montalon. And he was the head of the household uh, who Napoleon called the... And Napoleon's quotes were, the most faithful of the faithful. Okay. So he was like, this guy is as loyal as he gets. Huh? The holiest of holies? Yes. The holiest of holies. Jezer Jezera? That's right. And then he had um, Dr. Francesco Antomarchi, who was... uh, a physician. And these guys were all there with him at his time of exile. So when he started getting sick and he died and he told the examination to do this, they fucked up when they did the exam. On his deathbed? Or no, when, when they, he's dead? When they, yeah, he was already okay. dead at this point. So when they did the autopsy, they fucked up. Okay. Oh, shit. Seven physicians came in. Seven different physicians. They were all looking at different things. They found ulcers in his stomach. Oh, shit. They found ulcers in his stomach, found all these problems that he had, and immediately they each wrote a report about it. Seven separate reports went to Hudson Lowe. Lowe pieced them together and put together a uh, comp- a composite uh, report showing all their findings, and it was believed to be stomach cancer, or pre-stomach cancer that killed him. Huh. So... Um, and that was it for about 150 years. Well, Marchand ended up writing a book of memoirs. Okay. In these memoirs, he wrote, I mean, it was his daily journal. He wrote in it from the time he met Napoleon until Napoleon died. Okay. And he wrote all these memoirs, talked about the last few days, gave it to his family, said, do not ever publish this. Don't ever do anything with it. And it went down the ladder for 150 years. And in 1952, a Napoleonic historian ended up buying the estate. Okay. And he published it. And um, this guy named Stan Forshovid. Okay. Or Forshovid was a Napoleonic buff. He was just a, like, he just really loved. He liked the Napoleon. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. And he was a dentist out of Sweden, I think. Or Norway. Weeds. And he he got in touch with this guy, got the memoirs. And after reading the different symptoms that Marchand was pointing Describing. out there. Hmm? Describing. And looking at everything, he put together, he said, uh, Napoleon didn't die of stomach cancer. He was poisoned to death. But he had no proof. Damn. So, at the time... That Napoleon was poisoned to death? Yes. Okay, I, I got a little fact about that. Uh oh. Okay, so 
so at the time uh. he had Stan Stan Fershovit had no proof of anything. He just had his findings. Yeah. And so there was this scientist out of oh fuck, I think it was Germany or something who proposed um new ways to test for arsenic. And the reason I say that is because this Stan Fershovit guy found that separately, so when Napoleon was uh, showing these symptoms, each physician was looking at them differently, separately. It was its its, its own separate um, symptom. But when you put them all together, every single one of them is identical to that of arsenic poisoning. Hmm. So this guy, Forshovid, Stan Forshovid, believed that Napoleon wasn't cancerous, but he was getting poisoned. So when Napoleon died, he was notorious when he was alive. He was notorious. He'd cut off pieces of hair and give them to people. He'd grab a hand, like just a few fingers full of hair, clip it off, hand it to somebody. And he'd say, this is for you to remember me by. He was like notorious for giving the hair away. When he died, he requested that, well, they shaved his head anyway to make his death mask. So when they shaved his head, they clipped pieces off and gave them to the families and the people that were in his inner circle and um, did his death mask and so on and so forth. And so this Forshovid guy says, I need his hair. I, I've got to Who, I've got to test uh, Napoleon's. He Didn't said, they cream it, cream no, him? No, no, no. They, they oh, wait, sh- no, he's Catholic. He's buried then. Well, like I was just saying, they would cut off his hair and gave yeah. him to his inner circle, and it was passed down from family to family. Now, Forshovid said, I need, I, need to, I need to test for arsenic poisoning, but I need 5,000 strands of hair. And 5,000? Yes. Well, Why 5,000? Because that's how many you needed. Well, a new report came out in like 57 or 58 stating you only needed one strand of hair to test for arsenic. So he reached out to the guy who published Marshawn's memoirs and said, Hey, I need some help. Do you know anybody that might have hair? And guess who had the fucking hair? This guy that published Marshawn's memoirs. So he gave him a hair. He sent it to a German nuclear like testing Physicist. facility. Yeah. They pumped it full of nuclear uh, material. Yeah. Sent it to Glasgow to be tested Scotland? for arsenic with a Geiger meter. They they tested okay. they they looked for just where the uh, arsenic was present. And they found that in that one strand of hair, it was 52 parts per million of arsenic inside that strand of hair, which is 13 times more than the human body typically has. So he was probably poisoned. So what he did was he collected those findings and presented it to historians, and nobody believed him. They said, you're a fucking crackpot, he died of cancer, he had stomach cancer, so on and so forth, we're not going to help you, this is bullshit. Because he requested more hair just to verify that that one strand wasn't a fluke. So he sent out a, the, the report. Nobody wanted to help him. And then, once again, somebody else Shoot. caught on to his... Lie. Well, it's not it's a lie, lie, but somebody somebody caught on to it and said, that's really interesting. We know, you know, we know where to get some hair. They sent him more hair. And he received, you know, multiple, like, dozens of samples. And of those dozens of samples... Some of them reached a hundred times the arsenic levels in those How hair. How can you prove it's his hair, though? I mean, I don't know. Fuck. 
Like, how could it not just be people putting arsenic on hair? Because it doesn't just go on hair. It's, like, in the material of the hair. Like, in the inside the, the chemicals, chemicals of the hair. So, what they found was every five millimeters of hair... I'm just could, like, it sounds very convenient. You could test... You could test each... There's five millimeter sections that they could test separately. And what they found in each of those hairs that they tested was peaks and valleys. Showing that somebody had to deliberately come in and poison it. So one, at one, you know, one section of five millimeters at that particular time was growing. It was a drop. So he wasn't getting poisoned. The next five millimeters, a spike. Which means he was poisoned. And a drop and a spike and a drop and a spike. And each single hair also had the same... Um, chemical marker which they pieced together saying that the same person was the one to okay. poison him because they found that person's DNA in the, the arsenic as well so this guy for Chauvin started looking into who could have been the one to do it so he looked into everybody and at first he thought it was Hudson Lowe Hudson Lowe hated him he had no he had no reason to like him. He wanted to kill him just like everybody else. So he, he looked into like the history of Hudson and everything like that. But Hudson Lowe was just a general. He had no need. Like Napoleon was exiled. He had no need to do anything. So then he looked into uh, Marchand. Okay. And through reading the memoirs, he found that Marchand like adored him. He loved him. He looked at him really. He, he looked at him with high regard. Then he looked into the doctor. Um. And couldn't find anything that really stood out. So, one thing that was really interesting that he looked into was de Montalon, who was the faithful of the faithful. He brought his wife to, um, to the island with him. And his wife was known to be a loose lady. Like, she was a whore. She was married two times. She was married two times before De Montalon. Both of them were ended due to her sleeping with somebody else. So at one point in time, Montalon wasn't around. She was there. Napoleon had his. He had a way with words. He had a way with women. They started an affair. Oh, she gets pregnant. Ooh. But it. But at this point, Montalon is back, and they're you know fucking around. Well, she gets pregnant. She you know goes back to France or wherever the fuck she was from. And has the baby. And Montalon, or according to history, Montalon's wife's kid had a striking resemblance to Napoleon. Oh. So they they decided, well, this Stanford Chauvin guy, who was just a, a fucking dentist, pieced together that Montalon was the one to poison... He was pissed at Napoleon. He was poisoning... Uh, Napoleon with arsenic over the course of the five years, five, six years that he was there. Now, here's the thing. Originally, when they were first sent there, it was infested with rats. Like this place was infested with rats. So arsenic is good for rats. So that's what they brought it on for. But it was over the course of five years, every so often, it's it's odorless and it's tasteless. So you'd never know if it's They just give him enough to kill him. Because they wanted to make it look like it was interesting now, or they wanted to make it look like it was, you know, some sort of disease. Cause there was no way of testing that for testing for that back then. There was no way to know. Now, 
one thing that's really interesting about it is Montalon and Marchand in Napoleon's will were both given two million francs. After he died, that was just part of his mm. thing. And um, one thing that was really weird was uh, he was immediately buried. Napoleon was immediately buried. Um, or, I'm sorry, not Napoleon, but he had a childhood friend turned bodyguard named uh, Cipriani. Okay. Who, which I didn't even piece together until just now, was Italian until you started talking about him growing up in Italy. So Cipriani was the guy who watched his food, he watched what drinks he got, he watched everything, and he was always always had his eyes on Napoleon. Well, he ended up dead, was buried immediately, and Napoleon was really, like, he didn't understand it. So he ordered an autopsy to see how Cipriani died. died. Well, they went to get his body and pull it out for... Um, exhumation mm-hmm. to, to perform an autopsy and the body was missing. Oh shit. Oh wow. And um, for Chauvin found that between 1820 and 1821 Did he fake his death? No, no he, he was fucking killed but they don't know what happened. But during that time between 1820 and 1821 Napoleon had been poisoned 40 separate times. Wow. Um, and one thing that was really really intriguing to me was the wife of Montalone one day was sitting in one of the rooms of the the fucking exile mansion and she was reading a book that it was about a woman who poisoned her husband with arsenic to death now napoleon told her that poison was a coward's way and uh that that was i think the big aha moment for for Chauvin was when he read that this woman was reading this book. She was the wife of Montalone. She was sleeping with Napoleon, had his kid, and Montalone was the faithful of the faithful. He was always around. He could trust him with his food. He could trust him with his drinks. He could trust him you know, to be there if anything were to happen. Um, he had access to the wine. He had, obviously, you know, uninterrupted access to Napoleon and um, you know one thing that's also really cool is I can't remember where uh, at one point Montalon was um, working with the British okay they hired him as something I can't I can't remember exactly what they said <clears throat> but at the Excuse end there he was part of a ring of spies for the British. So not only did he have a personal vendetta against Napoleon. Montalon. Yeah. But he was a spy for the British. Oh, yeah. wow. He took him out. He the wolf him. in sheep's clothing. Yeah. And, and I had no idea. I don't remember ever learning that Napoleon was poisoned to death. I don't remember really I don't learning remember about that. how he yeah. died, but he was poisoned by arsenic. It was a really tactical way of doing it. This may be a Mac pack. Mac pack. I'll tell you what. I'll snap. Okay. Speaking of the poison, that uh, Napoleon actually wore poison, poison around his neck. He what? He wore poison around his neck for years. Why? Well, the if he the, got captured like cyanide. Exactly. He said so. If he ever got captured, he was going to drink the poison to kill himself. They so, didn't have the opportunity to do it. 
Huh. They wouldn't have the opportunity to do it. Right. Um, and then, you know, and, well, you pretty much said, said it from everything about, about St. Saint, Saint Helen. Well, it kind of leads into, you know, well, it's being of, exiled into There Saint was Helen. so much more about his last kind of, few years there. Like, he had, he had a friend. Like, the only time that he, they, they said that he was ever, like, in Marshawn's memoirs, he says that the only time he was ever really happy was with a, uh, a 14-year-old girl named um, Betsy Blake or something like that. And um, it, I guess she reminded him of her do- of his daughter. Like, they'd play games together to pass the time. They'd tease each other. They'd go for walks and just do stuff. And he wasn't, he had no interest in the little girl. Yeah. But he was just happier around her. And that goes back to the hair thing. Clipped off some hair, gave it to her, said, this is for yeah. you to remember me by. Something that I, we all three forgot to mention that uh, he discovered the Rosetta Stone. What? Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's more so, of a Mac fact than anything. Okay. Mac fact. Oh, I, I thought y'all knew that. Mac I didn't fact, know that. Mac fact. Oh. So anyway, Mac he did fact, discover Mac the fact. Rosetta Stone. Who's the guy who which has y'all a fact know and what? knows it everything? J-Mac. Who's the guy who's super smart and gives us lots of bling? J-Mac. Mac, Mac fact. Mac, Mac fact. fact. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, he did discover the Rosetta Stone. Now, y'all probably know what that is. No. Case of you, the ones that don't, is it's a granite slab, and there's three scripts are carved into this slab. It's hieroglyphic Egyptian, demonic Egyptian, and ancient Greek. So, I would love to see it actually. Like, I, I, I think that would be. A really fucking cool I think but I think These it's three different it's, cultures all in one stone. yeah it's I think it's in a museum in London I had I, no idea he discovered I, I think, Rosetta Stone well th- he discovered it while um, he went to Egypt in 1799 so during all those wars and stuff is when he actually he just, just showed up and was like hmm that's interesting that's yeah. a nice rock I would take yeah. that I rock. guess and I don't know the details of how he done like I guess they're battling sees mm. this and I'm sure there's probably a lot more details right. on him actually you know all the history comes back but yeah anyway so he did discover the Rosetta Stone hmm. so way to go Napoleon Bonaparte Bonaparte I um but I had no I, I idea never that knew he, that he was poisoned to death. And that's never why there was knew. the ulcers in the stomach, because it was eating away at him. And I'm sure if, if I read into more about him, I'd learn even more. There's just so much shit. There was a lot. With with him that I don't have the time to sit and, and One read. of the most fascinating figures in all of history. And, you know, we we always think of him being short. But. But back then, he, he really wasn't. He was about he average height. He was an average height back in those times, because way back in the day, yeah, that people were just wasn't as tall or as big as what what they are now in french or france they measured french um, french people him as five two in their measurements in american measurements it was five six and a half yep so i mean he's probably i mean i still would say he's short even now he's just below average height yeah but i mean not short is what most people you know would claim to be i mean he's not like he was five foot tall right no, but he, fuck me, man. He was such an interesting cat. Uh, and I, like I said, I never you know, knew back, about him being... Back in his prime, if I was like a ruler over some country, I am not fighting that fucker. Like, you just surrender. There's yeah, so no like, point you know, in getting when, people killed. If, if I was to hear him like declare war on us, just go ahead, just keep everybody home. <laughs> Take it. Take it. 
Smell it, it, smell it, then take it. Take it all. <laughs> <laughs> what? Smell it, smell it, now take it. Oh my god. Was that your foot? Yes. <laughs> but uh but no, we I mean that was we Napoleon said, this Bart is what you can party. learn about this is what you can learn I'm about four years of college. Like all of Napoleonic history from the time he was a ke- a child until you know, the day he died. Um but you know. Craig, do you have anything last to finish up about Napoleon? Mm mm. Alex covered everything on his last days. It was pretty interesting. Did you know he man. was poisoned? No. Wild. I would say that's an outfight then because, I mean. I'm sure it's in the history books now. I would hope. If that's Mahindra not in the history shout books. Did Mahindra shout it? I don't know. Huh? Did Mahindra shout it? Yeah, from the rooftops. No. From Mount Vesuvius. As he was looking down to Chaz with two Z's. And Retzer. And Retzer. <laughs> oh, Retzer. Holding the tablets. No, that that was Retzer. Retzer came down from the mount. Holding the tablets of Mahindra. The tablets of Mahindra. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Craig. And after he delivered the tablets, the tablets. Yeah, the tablets. He spoke of the evils of Husqvarna. <laughs> well, Hus- and at the end they said, whoa. whoa. Husqvarna was... I don't know how to put it. Mahindra's ally once upon a time. Yeah. And then uh, he had to be, be a little bastard and... Uh... Say, I make better tractor supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Woman, woman. <laughs> However, in the meantime, we told whoa, you where whoa, you can whoa. find us, where you can look at us. Did we on the socials? Yeah, where can they find us? On Facebook, under more or less, as well as on Instagram. We don't want to let the podcast. <laughs> where can they listen to us, Greg? Right here, right now, with your ears. Because we have mouths. The more or less podcast on Spotify. More or less podcast on Castbox. Both are available on Google iTunes and Apple Play. <laughs> Apple iTunes and Google Play, but I like the little play on it. Now I want to. I want to. If get you want to donate I get a money, new arm please. for my for my mic. I don't really. The mic's in good shape. I want a new arm for the mic. I'd like to get a new. You'd um, help us get some beer. New cords. I'd like to clean up the sound a little bit. Not that we don't sound bad, but we need it. to. Remember, uh, sip on that shine that Mama Matt provided. I'm not saying drink it. I'm just saying sip on it. If but, you want to donate anything to us, why can they donate it? Patreon.com. Uh, go to the search bar. Bar. Search bar. Bar. <laughs> and uh, type in uh, More or Less Podcast. My God. Bye Who now. can we thank for uh, some of the drinks? Our sponsor. Sponsorship. Our sponsor, the World of Beer in Easton, Columbus. Thank you, Easton. And Brian. My God. World of Beer. This was Napoleon Bonaparte. Bonaparte. More or less.